The Fedora Chronicles News of the Week special report for December 11th, 2019. A chance encounter with presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. This time I, Eric Render King Fisk, talk to my co-host Jason Cousineau about the meeting representative and presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. How it happened and the question I was able to ask her live during an open house that aired on C-SPAN. Come on, seriously, whoever thought that I'd ever be on C-SPAN? That is kind of cool, isn't it? Jay and I also talk about the prospects of interviewing other presidential hopefuls before the New Hampshire primary and who else would we would like to interview in the future outside of the realm of politics. We also chat about what it is like to meet our personal heroes and what happens when they do or don't live up to our expectations. The door is always open and the microphone is always turned on at the Fedora Chronicles headquarters. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime to the paranormal. This is the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week special report for December 11th, 2019. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. So I asked Jay, I said, Jay, should we start recording? And Jay says, sure, why not? And in, in, a, in a very cute kind of adorable uh, way. <laughs> so, we, so we're not recording at our usual time. We're actually recording a, a, a day or two early for reasons that I, I will explain a little bit. Because um, we're, 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 we're trying to get a special guest uh, to actually sit down and, and do an interview on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. So when I started doing the podcast 10 years ago, I just wanted to do a podcast where I could just talk about the the news specifically for classic movie fans, film buffs, diesel punks, nerds, and, and, and the like. Just just people, just our kind of people. People who, who go to the website, the Fedora Chronicles, and just, just do a podcast. And... Um, and in part because of people like George Lazenby, who says who says on his on a social media site, if you want something, just go and ask for it. Just go get it. Just go do it. Nothing gets done if you stay in your mom's basement and and never leave. Nothing ever gets done if you never get out of the house and go and get it. And yeah. I just started to say, you know, what if I just, I'm just going to start, hey, asking, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Would you like to do an interview? Um, they, and have we heard back from them yet? Well, no, I'm just talking about people in general. I'm not talking oh, yeah. about Tulsi yet. And it, it, not, I mean, not yet. And Tulsi's going to be a big part of the podcast. Don't worry, Jay. I know you're excited. Okay. Not nearly excited as, as excited as I was. And... um. So I just started asking people, would you like to be on my podcast? And I started just going to places and just talking to people. And people don't care what the name of the podcast is so long as it's a good podcast. That's one of the things I've discovered, Jay. Yeah. Um, You could call your podcast Blueberry Pie or anything (laughs) else. You know, I bet there probably is one out there named Blueberry Pie. <laughs> like, and I think that we've established Rule Thirty Seven. If you know, name yep. a topic. There's a pod, uh, um, for it. 
Oh yeah. And if I just show up with all of my equipment and I and I set everything up, people will sit down in front of the microphone and they will talk. Yep. Or if I go somewhere and I'll, I'll I can just cover an event and nobody cares about the name of the. I used to be a little concerned about that. And the and the the podcast and the website has grown into something else. A lot has changed in the past fifteen years, especially the quality of the HTML pages and and, and all like that. Um, and I think that that's a huge lesson that I want everybody to learn. If you want something, just just go and get it. Just take it within obviously <laughs> you know, the rules and guidelines of society. You're right. <laughs> you know. Yep. I, I don't I, I don't want to be called as a material witness to a robbery of a Porsche or a Ferrari and the defendant is saying, Well, I was listening to the Fedora Chronicles radio show and Eric was talking about how if you want something, just go and get it. If you if you would like to ask the most beautiful woman at work out to dinner and a walk on the beach, just go up, strike up a conversation. And work into the conversation. I'd like to take you out to dinner. And after dinner, maybe we should go for a walk on the beach. And maybe um, 23 months later, you might be back on that same beach getting married. Who knows? <laughs> just to pull something out of the air. Just something random. You know, just some, <laughs> some random stuff. The reason why I am married to the most beautiful woman that I met at work was because I had the nerve to just talk to her um and 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 i will tell you she was intimidatingly smart and beautiful um and can i all right now yeah. this this yeah. is a little odd, odd okay segue but sure why is it that intelligent women are more intimidating than beautiful women i mean as a guy beautiful women can be intimidating but uh, why is it if they're smart and beautiful they're even that much more intimidating. Because uh, it's harder to bullshit them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would think that would be a, uh, you know, uh, a good thing, right? Right. You know? Um, right. It's just that's something that I always found fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Is that for me personally, anyway, it's easier for me. It was. It's always been easier for me to talk to a pretty woman than to talk to a a smart woman, you know. And if a woman was smart and beautiful, yeah. then it was even more yeah. intimidating. Right. So one of the things that I have discovered about myself, and the more that I talk about this, the more people are encouraged to do what they would like to be able to do in their own lives as well. Um, and people have gotten back to me and they have said, I'm traveling more because you encourage me to do so. I've tried restaurants that I would never have tried before because of your suggestion. That's kind of like the main theme of, of our website. After you've collected yeah. everything that you're going to collect in the realm of vintage wear, as it were, what do you do next? What else do you do? There's more to right. life than waiting for the latest package from UPS. Yeah. You know, what do you do once you get everything that you've ever wanted and and you're done taking pictures of yourself in your vintage wear and photoshopped them and put them online and put them on Instagram? What do you do next? That was the idea of the website. Um, so just totally out of the blue, 
uh, Friday afternoon, my wife said, you and the boys are getting haircuts. Because of my crazy work schedule, I can't go to my regular barber whenever I wanted to before. Because mm-hmm. either I'm free, but she's not open, or she's not open, but I'm, I'm at work at the other job. And we drove by the usual barber shop, and she was closed. And my wife said, do not come home without haircuts. <laughs> so we went to the other place, uh, just up the road. Had a great time, and you'd love this place, Jay. It's got a very, it's got a real nice vintage vibe inside. Had a great, nice. com- had a great conversation with the barber, who's a, a young woman, married kid, I think. And we were just talking about, believe it or not, we were talking about what I was doing before. Um, uh, my wife said, "You got to go and take the boys and get haircuts." And um, uh, we were talking, and. I was talking to her about the podcast and what we do. And she says, wow, that's, that's really great. Do you, do you like to interview all kinds of people? And I said, I like to interview all kinds of people all the time. And when I went to the counter to pay, there was uh, on the counter, meet Tulsi Gabbard Friday night, six (laughs) o'clock. And I was wondering how that, uh, how that happened and i and and i was like tulsi gabbard and and the and the um woman behind the counter um the the barber had said why do you know her oh of course i know her (laughs) do you know her do you know she's only running for president she's only running for president (laughs) i mean are you crazy i mean are you crazy i mean the name of this week's podcast is politicians is going to politic and we talk yeah. about how um, Kamala Harris and um, Tulsi Gabbard had a street fight in the middle of a debate, and Kamala Harris, you know, is now being fitted for a, a pine box. Not Kamala Harris; <laughs> her political campaign is being fitted for a pine box. Right. And she said, "Yeah, my my friends are, are are hosting this meet and greet with Tulsi Gabbard. You should go." And I, I look I look at my sons, and it's like, do you guys want to go? And, of course, they're looking at me like, is it going to cut into our Xbox time? And I'm like, yeah. So I so it, it, in the snow, we're getting another epic snowstorm. And I'm driving the Honda, and I'm skidding all over the road. I'm just like, I, and I, I drop the kids off. I run inside, and I said, Carol, uh, I'm going to go see Tulsi Gabbard in the town next door. And Carol's like, Go! <laughs> you idiot go why are you still here <laughs> right. i get there and um i'm and I, I i get to the house and I'm, i actually want to have my hosts on the podcast as well and talk about how and why did they get involved in in politics mm-hmm. and and keep in mind um i i worked the day before you and i recorded the podcast I've been trying to put the podcast together. I'm also doing the true crime uh, one-on-one podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically, um, I I, I, I looked like I was hit by a truck. I was not not dressed in my usual usual attire. I was just wearing, I was just wearing slacks, the the, the dress shoes, my my, uh, college t-shirt, and the um, uh, 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 sweatshirt coat jacket that my father-in-law gave me, and my favorite fedora, and um, and I, I I probably and I thought, oh my god, I'm 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 going to look awful 
And the amazing thing is, is that I was not the only one who looked like he just got out of work. The house was packed with people who also just got out of work, braved the snowstorm to meet this woman. Yeah. Telsey Gabbard. And sitting around, and I was talking to people, and the thing that I thought was shocking was the broad appeal. Yeah. The amazing people who were there to meet Tulsi. There were Democrats, like diehard radical liberals. Mm-hmm. I mean, like r- real die-in-the-wool hippies were there. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Well, it is New Hampshire. Working class people. Um, there was at least one or two... Um, executives slash lawyer types and just like everyday people like ourselves um everyday people who don't have podcasts well let me let me ask you this sure sure do you think that was because of who she is or do you think it was because the fact that she is a presidential candidate wins how often do you get a chance to meet a presidential candidate i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell you it's because of tulsi okay i'm that's my impression after talking um to these people Okay. And just and um and there was a a seat on the couch that was empty. And um I just I just sat down and I was talking to these two gentlemen and pretty much they were echoing everything that I was saying yeah. on the podcast about why I like Tulsi Gabbard. And the yep. main thing overall is that she's got she has a, um a just a broad appeal. Yeah. She says things that not politicians say, but common sense people say. Yeah. And um and this is it for them. And they haven't felt this strongly, positively, about a candidate in a very, very long time. Um and I also forgot to tell you I was interviewed by somebody from NBC News. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> And I, I haven't I haven't been able to find the audio clip yet. Um, they may have thrown out the video because I mean I look like I haven't shaved in like maybe a day or two. Well, that's pretty much how you're guaranteed to get put on the news. Come on, <laughs> you know. Oh, and look uh, at him; he looks like he doesn't have a functioning brain cell. Let's interview him. Oh, thanks, Jay. Those are the, those are the, those are the people that they always interview whenever there's like a major accident or. You know, a shooting or something like that. They don't go yeah. to the person that's in like a suit or anything like that. Right, they find the person right. that's standing there with like you know their middle finger, right. like three knuckles into their nose, and right. they're drooling and stuff. They walk up to them. What did you see happen? Well, I saw that guy right there just do the deer. And then they put that on the news. Yeah, yeah. I saw that man over there just pick up that horse by the hind legs and just beat the other man with it, and. Um, <laughs> But he was going is, at it to beat the band, yeah. and it was like a, um, sir, sir, uh, can I can I ask you a couple of questions? Yes, of course, absolutely. And it was just like, um, who are you going to support after Tulsi drops out? And I kind of like looked at her like, what? Yeah, what? that's a hell of a thing to ask. I what? mean, that's a hell of a question. Well, she she's only polling it at, at five or or three percent. And I said, yeah. And Jimmy Carter was polling at two or three percent. Um, three months before the New Hampshire primary. And, yeah. and what happened to him? Well, he was beaten by Reagan four years later. I mean, come on. And it was just right. like... And, and four years after, four years of presidency, yeah. he was beaten by Reagan. 
So yeah, and and so and she was and she was just going through the gauntlet, and she and this yeah. interviewer, um, was and she was asking, you know, kind of like um, word association kind of thing, and 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 now when Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination, how excited are you going to be to switch to Elizabeth Warren? And I said, it's never going to happen. What do you mean it's never going to happen? If Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination, I'm not going to be excited about her. But you'll vote for her, right? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know right now. Okay, now, right. now, now, what about Bernie Sanders? I, I, would you be excited for him? And I says, I, I can't vote for somebody who said he was never going to drop out of the race. He's in it to win it, and he, he, he's going to, to beat um, Hillary Clinton. And then when, he, when the nomination was stolen from him, he endorsed her. Now, now, how excited would you be if Hillary Clinton got the nomination? And I looked at her, I says, actually... I would be very excited, and I bet you want to know why. He says, well, why? I have more than 30 years of material that I could use against her in my podcast. <laughs> See, now, here's the thing that bothers me right. about those, that series of questions, right? Right. At no point did she assume that you were anything other than a dyed-in-the-wool, diehard Democrat. Yeah. She did not make any assumptions about you crossing lines. Right about you know she didn't ask why you were there supporting tulsi you know and seems to me that that would be one of the first questions you ask right any person that's at a presidential candidate rally you want to find out are is this someone who's reaching across party lines with their appeal or is this someone who's only appealing to like the the far you know uh far left far right whatever the extremities extremes within the parties yeah is this a niche candidate whose appeal is only with people that have certain really really strongly held beliefs and you know right. fuck everything else right. what kind of a person what kind of person is a, does this candidate appeal to why would you assume that their only reason why they're in they're there is because they have a parenthetical d after their name right you know i don't I don't get that. I don't get that series of questions. It was almost as if there was a weeding out process. She wanted to figure out what kind of a person was I before I told her why was I supporting Tulsi Gabbard. And when I said, listen, I was a registered Republican for 20 years. And then I switched as an independent a couple of years ago for a whole Mm -hmm. handful of reasons. Mostly because it's like if you want the most attention from every politician and you really want them to work hard for your vote, Say that you're an ind- independent. They'll really work hard to get your vote because if you're an oh, yeah. independent, you're a swing voter. The minute they find out that you're a Republican, they just assume you're just going to vote for a Republican, whoever is on, on, the, on the ticket. If you say that you're a Democrat, you're going to vote for a Democrat regardless of who's on the ticket. Right. You know, I'm not a cheap date. I'm not a cheap date. <laughs> You got to woo me, man. Yes. Gotta, I want the lobster. I you, want the nice white wine. I don't want that shit. Work. You got to court me. Yeah. You kind of court. I'm not easy. I'm not. Okay. Uh, if you want my vote, you got to actually hustle for it. And this is and, and this is what Tulsi Gabbard has done. He's she's gone on podcasts and she's actually talked for hours about issues that are important. And listening to her on these other podcasts, like Jimmy Dore, um, and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan 
and just listen to her talk and she's the real deal. She's been saying things on these podcasts on the campaign trail that I've been saying on my own website for more than 15 years, except for she does it more succinctly and more eloquently. And like the yeah. woman's kind of like looking at me like, am I being pranked? Am, right. am I on candid camera? Am I being punked? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The woman with the camera behind her is looking around for the camera. Right. And it was just like, I, 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 I can't. I can't believe this, you know, I can't believe that, you, you know, and I'm being brutally honest. And I said, um, if Tulsi doesn't make it, if, if she does not win uh, the New Hampshire primary, and if she gets shoved out, if they do the same dirty tricks to her that they're already doing this year that they did to Bernie Sanders four years ago, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I and, and, she's, and she like looked at me and said, oh, are you going to vote for Trump? No, I'll probably vote for a third party candidate or I'll stay home. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to participate in this charade. I'm not yeah. going to do it. And it's like and it's like, well, <clears throat> but you voted for Trump last time. This is no, I didn't. I voted for I voted for Gary Sanders because, again, he you voted said for things. Gary Sanders, too. <laughs> And she's like looking at me like, oh, my God, it's like tinfoil hat uh, season. And it's like, yeah. no, because he appealed to um, he appealed to my senses and sensibilities. He said some of the things that I totally agree with. Right. And, and it was like, well, why didn't you vote for Hillary, Hillary Clinton? Well, because I read <laughs> how much time you got, lady. I, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, no, I said I read her books. I read her books, and when I read It Takes a Village, and then a couple of years later, when I read Living History, this woman's a crazy person. And, and she, she looked at me and said, well, how come you didn't vote for Donald Trump? And I said, because I, I read his books too. And A, I don't think he read them, and B, if he did, I, I, have, a, I have a hard time believing he's a real estate mogul. I really do. Oh, all right, so I want to point something out. Sure. You could have said the same thing. I read his books, and he's insane. Yeah, <laughs> I could have. Because, yeah. to be honest, I haven't read his books, and I think he's insane. But that's just me. You mean J Jason Cousineau hasn't read his books? Correct. Right. So we all, we're all asked to settle down, and um, Tulsi was running a little late because of the snow, and she had spent so much time at the other, at the other venue. Mm -hmm. And it was just, but Tulsi is on her way. And we're all sort of sitting around. And then you could just hear, like, like the spirit of the room pick up. And the local campaign, the local campaigner, the person who's running her campaign, his name is also Eric. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he got up front and he's like, hey, everybody, I want to introduce you to Tulsi. I've known her, you know, for the past year since she announced that she's running. Wonderful person. And I see Tulsi Gabbard, like, on the other side of the room. And and she's like, she she's like, it's got this beaming smile. She's happy. She's she's a little flattered. It's like she's kind of like got that, aw, shucks, kind of like look to her. Yeah. And, and wouldn't you know it, when she finally took the floor, She's standing like right next to where I'm sitting. And it was just like, and the camera is like right at 
Tulsi. <laughs> and of course, it's it's this it's this scruffy guy from this crazy website sitting on the couch watching Tulsi. And all I can think is, don't pick your nose. Don't yawn. <laughs> don't pick your nose. Don't yawn. Don't touch your face. Stop twirling your beard. You know. <laughs> and yeah, no mustache twirling. Not on camera. Not on camera. <laughs> Wait till you're in the car. And um, she she gave like maybe like what a 20, 40 minute talk, and then she was taking questions. And um, she's going around the room for people to ask questions to. And I did. And, and I so said, she went into a room cold. Yes. She didn't know what people were going to ask her. And right. she's on camera. And she's on camera. That's ballsy. I mean, it is. And, and we have the link to the on, on uh, C-SPAN and I'll play some audio of, uh, of me. And I'll probably insert the audio here where I will... Um, my my question and her answer. I'll say, um, you or I have something in common. We both have issues with Google. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, I am deeply concerned about how large tech companies, including Google, are able to circumvent the Second Amendment. Not the First Amendment, I'm sorry. Yikes, if they're able to <laughs> circumvent the Second Amendment. But I, I, I mean, the way that they're able to censor search results, yeah. the way that they are able to throttle people's popularity on YouTube channels or yep. whatever, Twitter can deplatform people for just having the wrong opinion on anything. And it's like, I, I, what, and what can the president do about something like that? Or And what can we do as citizens yeah. to fight that besides yeah. just search for a better social platform? Yeah, which is hard, right? Because yeah. there aren't really any other viable alternatives where you can engage with a lot of your friends or coworkers or people um, other than the big ones, right? We've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and Google. Uh, this is a really big problem that, that I am uh, share your concern about uh, and think that as we look at these big tech monopolies, we've got to update our antitrust laws so that they actually apply to these monopolies. Uh, so that we don't have such a huge amount of power centrally kind of in the grips of just a, really a couple of people. Uh, and yes, I have been through personally um, fee seeing and, and experiencing the impacts of, of that happening. Uh, how many of you know what happened uh, during our first debate? Okay, so you know why we're suing Google. Uh, since then, we've seen similar problems with YouTube. Uh, how our content that we're putting out, uh, trending, 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 all of a sudden completely disappears. Um, there are a lot of different examples that I've heard from other people who have gone through similar situations, content uh, that gets um, squashed further down the list. You have people who um, have seen their accounts completely canceled even though there's been no apparent violation of the terms of use and agreement. Um, and then there's the other issue of our private information and how it's being used for their profits or who it's being shared with. So I think in the area, as we talk about civil liberties and privacy and consumer protection, I think that we need to update our antitrust laws to break up the big tech monopolies. We've got to figure out what kind of appropriate oversight should exist legislatively 
that protects our freedom of speech and makes sure that these platforms really are fair and not picking and choosing whose First Amendment <laughs> rights are respected and whose are not. Thank you. Thank you. And good luck with that lawsuit against Google. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. She and I both have the same problems with Google. Yeah. In which, and I, I mean, I didn't get into the details, but for our listeners, we had an article up called The Information is Not Secure, and where I basically lambasted uh, the TSA, who claimed that they would be able to hide and protect our data, which they can't, they, they can't do, and they yeah, won't do. No one can guarantee No that. one can guarantee it. The CIA and, and, the, and the Pentagon can't secure their data. People are hacking into their data and, and publishing it on Wikipedia like crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, for what you can find our article on Bing, Yahoo, um, DuckDuckGo, but you couldn't find it. Even if you searched the information is not secure dash Fedora Chronicles or the Fedora Chronicles, the information is not secure. You couldn't find that article. Right, and we actually did this on the podcast. We actually live. did this on the podcast live, but I mean, I, I was a bit more succinct when I said, you, "You, like, you can be deplatformed for simply being quote crazy for having the wrong opinion." Right, and it's and it's a violation of the First Amendment. And but I accidentally said it's a, you know they they want to circumvent the Second Amendment. And she's like, oh my God, just imagine if they could be able to do that. Oh my God. Obviously, she's making fun of the fact that in a very lighthearted kind of way. And I obviously I misspoke. And she was she was very gracious about it. And yeah. and the thing is, is that she said something that absolutely made sense. We should the United States should just apply. Um antitrust laws against the internet this the way we do everything else well unfortunately and this this is where you're i don't think we actually do apply antitrust laws anymore no the sec has not met a merger they didn't like yeah in recent times right so continue so that segue and and she and she had said that this is a very serious problem because um and i'm paraphrasing they when it suits them, they say that they're a private company. Yep. When it suits them, they say that they are a, a, a utility and that they're open for everybody with very extreme standards. And they're, they're constant moving standards. Right. And, that, and, they, and she, is, she and her team are still in the process of suing Google. For, oh, so the lawsuit's still going on. They yeah, dropped and, it. And, she couldn't, and she would not talk more about it. But it is. Which means it's still going on. It's yeah. yeah. And it is it's deeply concerning that a company can basically say, No, um, you don't get free speech. No free speech for you, one year. Um, and that's not fair. And you know, and she went around the room and she took cold questions. She did not know what people were going to ask. Yeah, for a politician, that is really ballsy. Um and then at, I and, I and I was like sitting there, I was like, wait a minute, that's not unlike what I wrote on the Fedora Chronicles. That's not unlike what I wrote a couple of years ago. Somebody yeah. had asked her about, you know, gun violence. And she had said, essentially, passing more gun laws are not going to stop, um, are not going to stop crazy people from going on these mass killing sprees. 
The question we need to start asking is, why do we have crazy people who want to kill other people in such a manner? How, why, how come we're not looking into mental health? How, right. And how can we've de- how can we've decimated the mental health um, resources? And we've been doing this for the past thirty or forty years, and we're not we're not putting two and two together. She said a lot of things that, like, honestly, makes a lot of sense. And she had said she almost practically said word for word. Maybe that's a little extreme, um, but she echoed our sentiments about the money that's going to the Middle East. We are spending billions of dollars a month in places like Afghanistan while the roads and bridges in the United States are falling apart. Right. We're rebuilding another country while our country's falling apart. Oh, no, no. We're not rebuilding another country. We are rebuilding other countries. Yeah. She just used Afghanistan as an example. Why aren't we taking care of the people here in the United States? Um, and there are, I mean, and I was, I was amazed at the number of people who, I mean, Tulsi said, you know, and Tulsi asked you like, what's your name? Yeah. What's what, you know, and, and she wanted to know a little bit about your background. Um, and I, and I thought that was like genuine and sincere. And then afterwards she said, now the part that you've all been waiting for the, the photo ops. You know, and everybody like was taking pictures. And, and the thing is, is at first she said, she, you know, she want, you know, it's like when it, when it was my turn, um, she, you know, she kind of like, she took both my hands and she, and she said, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for coming. That was a really great question. That was a really, tell me about, tell me a little bit about what you do. And, and, um, and I, and one of the things I said, and I didn't get to say this, you know, as part of my question. I have a son who's turning 18 and he wants to go and join the the Marines. And I am really, really worried about him being involved in a regime change war and going and fighting and possibly dying in another country that we have no business being in. I'm really concerned. And I, and I kind of, and I, and I, and I got a little emotional, Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and, and, and she got a little teared up too when I was saying like, I'm worried about my son. Yeah. Him going to fight in a, in a war, a regime change war that we have no business. We, I mean, we have no business doing these, these things. It's, it's like we, we forgot the lessons of Vietnam. Right. You know, um, I'm not sure if I said that to Tulsi, but that's basically that's that's what I was trying to get at. Right. And she could tell, like, I'm upset and concerned about this, about what's going on. I mean, are we going are we going to go to Venezuela and and, and fix their problems? Well, and should we? Should we? Um, Because. I don't recall hearing anyone asking us to. They have, but the thing, yeah. And and um, Tulsi actually addressed this in the last debate. Whereas Pete Buttigieg, um, and, and I'm not going to pick on Pete, Pete Buttigieg because, and here, and I'm going to get to the other part of this in, 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 a, in a little bit, the second, the second half of this sort of epiphany that I had. Um, but um, Pete Buttigieg says that we should be sending special forces into Mexico to fight the drug cartels. And, and Tulsi had said 
that's a that's a that's a that is a bad idea. Essentially, um, politicians look at our military as being the world police. Yeah, and that's not a, and that's not a cool thing. And by the way, did I just did, did I mention? that we are spending billions of dollars a month in other countries rebuilding them. Why are we siding with countries like Saudi Arabia? Now, Tulsi didn't say this, but I'll say this on our podcast. It's because they support the American fiat currency petrodollar. That's the reason why. Yeah. As long as the American dollar is the standard international currency, Countries like Saudi Arabia will always be on our side, or we will always we will always side with them because they demand that the American dollar is the global currency. Um, and 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 fiat currency is what keeps this military-industrial complex world of ours going round. Um, and and just talking with other people after hearing Tulsi talk and, you know, and having to go home and essentially, cause I wanted other people to get to know Tulsi and I didn't want to hang around too long and, um, and, and, and chit chat too much. Cause I wanted, I, I wanted, I wanted to come home and I wanted to talk to Carol while this was fresh yeah. and say, Carol, first of all, there's probably going to be pictures of me holding hands with another woman on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well great eric great now tulsi's lost carol's vote way to go <laughs> and i t- and i and i told and i told carol about what i had heard and um and it was just like oh my god like i can't, i mean she, tulsi had said things that carol and i have been saying to each other wouldn't it be nice if for the past for the past 20 years yeah and if i mean listen if 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 it was Hillary Clinton who won the popular vote and the electoral college four years ago, and Tulsi was a Republican, all of my Republican friends would be like, "Oh my God, she's the one. She's perfect. She's she's right. she's perfect. She's the one. We got to vote for her." But simply because she has the parenthetical, I'm sorry, you mean to trip over that yeah. word? Yeah, um, parenthetical D. Yep. If, um. Republicans, many Republicans dislike her. Well, because I don't think it's, it's, it's as simple as disliking. They discount her. I don't think they her. actually listen to her and give her, give her the ear that I think everyone should be giving every political candidate, Yeah, which is why I disagree with a lot of the things that she has posted as um, on her website, as her, you know, her political leanings. Yeah. I disagree with a lot of that. Sure. But I may still I'm I may still vote for her simply because she is a genuine candidate. She is talking about actually working with people across the aisle, not just reaching across. Because Obama reached across the aisle. Of course he did it to slap people. Right. You know, who are clinging to their God and guns, for example. Yeah. Right. She's talking about actually working with them. I mean, she's a Democratic candidate who said, we don't need more gun laws. It's not going to solve anything. Yeah. When was the last time you heard any political candidate say that? If you have heard a political candidate say that, 
I can guarantee you they had a parenthetical R after their name. Yeah. If they had the balls to say it. There are, but there are some things that we do need, that we do need to do. There are some things that we, there are like, there are some, and I, I mean, I hate to say it because I know that I'll get into trouble for saying this, but there are like one of the things that she had said is that one of the things we need to look at is the, um, the gun show loopholes. That that's, we need to look at. Okay, yeah, that's and, where you and I are going to disagree on that. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, but what? But what loopholes are she is she talking about? She didn't have a lot of time to talk about this. Go watch the video yourself and see and listen yeah. to what she had to say. Yep. Um. But I mean, and that's and and that's one of the things that I want people to do is I want you to go. I, I'm, I'm going to post a link and I want you to listen to what Tulsi had to say. And if you think I'm all wet, tell me. But the thing is, well, is it ignore the fact that she's a quote Democrat or ignore the fact that um, the media is lying about her. I have, I have listened to her on other people's podcasts and I have heard her talk. I've heard speeches that she's, she's given because I'm, fo- I'm following her. I'm also following the other candidates. And again, that's something I'm going to get going to get to in a little bit. Um, like perfect example. And Jimmy Dore had pointed this out much better than I did on his podcast, um, um, Tulsi versus Buttigieg. And it was just like, um, Tulsi's being criticized because she went to go see, uh, what's his name? Assad. Yeah. Um, and, um, and she said that she has the courage to meet with dictators to prevent war. She does not want another full-scale war between us and Syria. When it, you know, instead of using war as the first option, let's give diplomacy a chance and if, and then when diplomacy fails, and we have the evidence that Assad is actually doing um, things like chemical attacks against his own people. Right. You know, again, then then we drop the bombs, but then at least we've gave, given diplomacy. What has happened in this country? Whereas the Democrats, the people who are allegedly left-leaning, they cannot wait for another regime change and drop the bombs on yet another country and start another war. See, now this is where I'm going to probably get in trouble with some of the listeners. Sure. Tulsi's a combat veteran. Boots on the ground combat veteran. She was not a pilot. She was a, she's a veteran of combat yeah. with her feet on the ground getting shot at. Yeah. Gives you a completely different perspective on what's appropriate behavior for our military. Yeah. And that makes the difference. That is why she is willing to talk to anybody because she knows what it's like when the bullets are flying over your head and when it's chaos. I've never been in that situation, but she has. I wouldn't feel comfortable sending someone into combat without knowing that I've tried every last possible chance. And you're going to get that when you have someone who is an actual combat veteran you're not going to get that if they've been a pilot because piloting is a lot like a video game. 
yeah, you're in danger and you get the adrenaline pumping, but it's not the same thing as when you're on the ground. And it certainly isn't the same thing when you're watching it on the news and you're thinking about the quote-unquote moral impact of war. Yeah. So the fact that she is a combat veteran, first of all, gives me the impression that she knows whereof she speaks in terms of the way the military does things and when is appropriate use of the military and when it isn't. If you listen to veterans talk, veterans are predominantly conservative, but that's a default setting. Yeah. There are a lot of veterans who are left leaning. They're not the majority, but they are there. And if you listen to them, if you pay attention to what these people are saying, a lot of the left-leaning veterans sound a lot like Tulsi. Oh, yeah. We should talk to everybody. We should exhaust every last possible avenue. Who gives a shit if we're, quote-unquote, legitimizing them or not? We shouldn't be sending our people and, and, you know, having our blood spilled on foreign soil unless we know we've done everything possible to prevent that. And when you have someone who doesn't have any skin in the game, who has not been in a combat situation... They're not going to feel the same way because it doesn't have the same realities to them that someone who's been there has. And again, I want to point out, I'm a veteran. I'm not a combat veteran. Yeah. I never saw combat. I don't know what that's like. But she has. So I'm more likely, more inclined to listen to what she says, even over someone who was a pilot. Right. And some people might get pissed off over that. I'm not saying, I'm not denigrating their service. I'm saying the realities of a pilot in combat are much different than they are for someone who's on a battleship than they are for someone who's got, who's in the army with boots on the ground. Yeah. They're different combat experiences. I mean, she, and most of the left-leaning veterans I know had their boots on the ground and they were not pilots. They were not sailors. Right. And there are, and there are so many things that she had said that I thought that makes sense. Like she's not going to say, I have all the answers. She's, you know, one of the things she kept saying over and over again, or how I heard it is that I'm going to look at the information as it's presented to me when I'm president, and then I'm going to make a decision. Now, why is it when someone says that in the party that you belong to, people are like, oh, that makes sense. But when they say it and it's a party they don't belong to, they're like, oh, that's bullshit. Exactly. I think now are you, is that a rhetorical question or do you expect an no. answer from me? No, that's that's a rhetorical question. Right. Just because that seems to be the way it goes. And yeah. I've seen people on the left do it and I've seen people on the right do it. Yeah. It's just the way people's minds seem to work for some stupid reason. Yeah. It's mostly because uh I will say or do anything and I will think anything and I will build a house of cards out of my faulty logic to prop up somebody like my favorite candidate who if he had it if he belonged to the other party um I, I i would i would crucify him for doing the same thing right um and i it, there's another thing that i wanted to get to and I'll, and I'll i'll get to the whole thing with donald trump later on yeah. um so and and the thing is is that i i mean i had this glow after meeting Tulsi Gabbard, and I was just like, now now I get it. Now I know what it was like 
to have been alive in the 1960s and and watching like the rise of Jack Kennedy. Now I know what it was like to be one of the early supporters of a great president like Jack Kennedy. Um, or like what, 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 what's it, what was it like when name, I mean, name a great president and you, and you saw this, this candidate and you thought this is the person that we've been waiting for all of our lives. I, I've, and I've never felt this way. I mean, I, you know, um, now to be fair, you've met other presidential candidates. You're not just starstruck. You're not just, oh no. You know, oh my gosh, I met a I met a celebrity. You're not falling for cult right. of personality at this right. point. Right. I mean, listen, if there, um, you know, John McCain, I, you know, I, you know, I saw John McCain, and I thought, well, it's great to see put a a a, a name and a, and a and a personality. It's I mean, it's amazing because you see somebody live and in person right in front of you. Yeah. And um. Like this is like this is a real person. This is not this. Not it's, a, it's uh, real. It's not. It's yeah. it's not like a computer generated hologram that you're seeing on the TV. This is he's not just he's just not a a, a TV signal or he's not just a, a picture in a magazine. He's a real person. Like this is John McCain who served in the military. He was shot down. He spent a couple of years at the Hanoi Hilton. He I mean he's a great guy. Yeah. And, the, and, and well, and and here's the thing, right? Yeah, a lot of people forget that what went on at the Hanoi Hill. Right. A lot of people forget that. Yeah, and I encourage any of our listeners who are wondering what the hell the, the big deal is about staying at a hotel, look up the <laughs> Hanoi Hilton because yes. yeah, yeah, it's not all fun. And when games. you see pictures of John McCain, yeah, and he's raising his arms and he's never raising his arms over his shoulders, yeah, it's not because he's conceited, yeah, it's because uh, he literally can't because of the torture he received at the Hanoi Hilton, yeah. Look into it. Having said that, I have a great deal of respect right. for John McCain. I didn't agree with him politically, yeah. Um, there was what like, there was a guy who was uh coming out of um. The, the Peterborough Diner, just as we were going in, and he had an entourage of of, of people. Hey, my name's Brock. Go on in. Have a burger. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a little maybe it's a little disrespectful to do my horrible impression of the president. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I I've I've seen other president presidential candidates, and I've shaken their hands. You know, John Huntsman. I liked what he had to say, but he didn't have the same kind of um, he, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. I mean, and I mean, and I I voted for him in in the primary. He didn't make it past New Hampshire or South yeah. Carolina. I liked him, but, but it's not the same thing it's, that it's, you're experiencing. It's, it's, now. it's not the same thing that I experienced with with Tulsi, because yeah. I mean, I went and I, I and I shook John Huntsman's hand. And I says, "Really nice to meet you. I think you won me over. I can't wait to hear more." And he says, "Go on my website. It's all there." It's it's all there. I mean, and it's like I I and I'd love to just sit down and just and and chat. That's one of the things I love about being in New Hampshire, where it's like you have all these people who are running for for office, and you can ask them the tough question, and and they have to give you an answer. And it was, <laughs> it, it's I don't know what else to say. It's they're standing right there in front of you. It's not like they could say next question, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. Your fake news 
and your hat <laughs> says you're a loser. Next question. Fedora Chronicles, yeah. never heard of it. Jason Cousineau, good man. Heard great things about him. Good man. <laughs> fake news. Uh, yeah. I'd love to know what Donald Trump has heard about me. I, I would too. <laughs> anyway. Karen McDougal, hot lady, beautiful woman, great plastic surgeon, oh, says nothing but beautiful things. About Jason Cousineau. <laughs> hands so soft and carrying. Hey, don't be picking on my IT hands, man. <laughs> so, oh, am I am I going to go through my entire catalog of really bad presidential? Uh, no. Okay. No. No. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, but. Um, if the Tulsi campaign calls and asks, hey, do you want to have a sign? Do you want to do another meet and greet? What, whatever. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd gladly do it. Um, but I also have this true crime podcast that I'm editing and I got to get up off the ground. Phone rings and it's a phone call from somebody from, who has the, the caller ID from Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, boy. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, it's, an, it's another spam caller. It's another, yeah, right. hey, we're, call, we're calling to ask you about your extended warranty for yeah, your, your car. <laughs> and with a little robotic voice, 1980 Ford Flex. If you'd like more information, press one now. <laughs> or if you'd like to be put on our do not call list, press nine. And I just thought, I thought it's, 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 it's somebody from Honolulu. Who knows? Take a chance. And I picked it up and it was somebody from Tulsi's campaign. Uh-huh. And would you, hey, would you like to do a little meet and greet? Would you like to do, would you like to do your own um, um, housewarming party with, with Tulsi? And, uh, and of course I was excited, but you got to realize that our house is, is uh, our, the, dec the decorative theme of our house right now is um, early 21st century deconstruction. We're in the process of of fixing a lot of things around the house, um, and I don't want Tulsi run away, running away screaming, or <laughs> I, I I don't want her you know to be mauled by um, the Sheltie, the Beagle, and, and and the and the Black Lab, right? Um, and it's and um, I said and I and I said, listen, I I would love to do it. I have to go pick up my son. Um, here's my wife and my wife took the phone and just before I left, ask her if she wants to do the podcast. And then I went to pick up uh, my son and I came back and it says, and, and Carol had said, they're going, they're going to like, look into it. They're going to look at the schedule and see what they can do. Um, Holy shit. But it, it looks, it looks, it looks good. It, Jay, it might be a phone interview. We might have to meet her, and we'll probably have to meet her at a at a place that that um, that's more accommodating oh, yeah. to her. Where you know, oh, yeah. um, but doing a one on one interview with her would be perfect and ideal. And oh, yeah. so, um, and I was and I was excited. And um, Carol and I went out, and we like we had to go out and pick new furniture. We want the perfect couch for Tulsi to sit on here in my <laughs> office, and you know we get we're getting. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
I was well, going to say, who'd you kill? When did you get into the money? I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, we're we're raiding the kids' college funds. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, standard yeah. uh, standard procedure for parents. Got but, it. But I asked them first. I said, guys, would you mind if we tapped into your college funds so we can buy a new couch for Tulsi to sit on? Um, and they said, well, are we get also getting a new Xbox out of it? Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, see, that's the difference between your kids and my kids, because my kids would be looking at me like, we had college funds? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, no, uh, uh, but the, you and I were coming up with a list of questions to ask Tulsi mm-hmm. in the hopes that we can do an interview um, with her. And we're like, I'm... I'm not, I'm not saying like, um, um, I'm waiting by the phone. Um, like a, like a, like a kid in a, a teenage, uh, rom-com waiting, waiting for, you know, waiting for the phone yeah. ring. So I get the invite to go to the prom. Um, right. but I mean, we're, we're getting ready for the, for the, uh, the opportunity to have Tulsi come over, sit down and we are working really hard. Jay's working really hard on coming up with questions that nobody else ha- has asked her that we know of yet. And also not embarrass her. And not embarrass her. We didn't want to damage her campaign. <clears throat> Excuse me. We don't want to damage her campaign. Yeah. At the same time, we want to ask her questions. I mean, we're not going to ask her about like Roswell and are you going to finally show us all the, all the aliens that we have prisoners. Right, right. We're not going to ask her crazy stuff like that. Hold on a second. Well, at least not until after we've gotten a little bit of uh, Sailor Jerry in her. I gotta find. I gotta find. I gotta, hold on a second. I gotta. I gotta find the pen. I gotta. I gotta scratch that off the list. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, because I mean, and here's the thing. And as soon as as soon as this um this drops, I'm sending the link to this podcast to um the people who are running Tulsi's campaign, and like. Obviously, this is this is a friendly environment, we're, but we're going yeah. to ask her difficult questions. But here's the thing: it's like if if they look at our past, our catalog of episodes that we've done, and they're like, we really don't want to be associated with somebody who talks about um, moon bases, um, ancient aliens. Um, um, crashing Roswell. I mean, we understand. We'll give them. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's like this is this is how strongly I feel about her. Um, I I would love to have her come over and talk to her more about. Um, I want to well, I want to do the, the kind Google of thing. Yeah, the, yeah. And what I mean, and how does it feel to be attacked by one of the most powerful women in the world? And have the most powerful woman in the world lie about you, right? How does it? How does that feel? And and one of the things that I also want to ask her is that does that does that do you think that adds more legitimacy to your campaign because the most powerful woman in the world who and and according to one news story that I read late yesterday afternoon. Hillary is being pressured to run again. And the way the polls are now, um, that she, Hillary Clinton in the polls 
um, is running in first place in the in the Harvard Harris poll. Right, and that's that's something. Not a fan of Hillary's. Yes, not a fan. Do not do not like the woman. Um, do not like any of the policies that she's espoused as a political candidate. I I completely disagree with her. Um, but in terms of asking someone like Tulsi, what did it feel like? Because there's a party that's got to wonder, did did she at one time, I don't want to say idolize, because I think that's too strong of a word, but right. did she at one point in her political life look up to Hillary? Right. Or was she always just someone where she kind of was like, yeah, I mean, it's impressive, but you know what I mean? Right. That's something I would want to know, because what would that have felt like Say she had looked up to her or sure. admired her in some way, shape, or form, which chances are she probably did. Right. You know, um, they were being in the same party and all that. How would that feel to have someone that you used to admire and look up to say some really kind of outrageous lies about right. you for political expediency? That's That can't have felt good. Um, you know, and I, you know, some of the questions I would want to ask would be more like, you know, what's it like being on the road doing a political campaign like this? You know, is it, yeah. is it, I mean, cause the impression I have is that it's a lot of, you know, shaking babies and, and kissing hands. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's all that much fun. Right. right. So you've got to go into it with a certain mindset of hey if i'm going to be doing this i'm not i'm not doing this just on a whim i'm right. doing this because i actually feel like i have um there's some good i can do there's you know there's a point for me to do this or i can do something positive for the country or right. whatever there's there's some sort of motivation there that is and i would want to know you know what is what is her motivation for that? What does how what what shape does that take in her mind? Kind of a thing. Yeah, I, one of the questions that I wanted to ask her was, you know, tell us about the moment that you decided that you were going to run for the presidency of the United States, and yeah. and how did how does it feel to be attacked by somebody that you used to admire? Here's a quick story to reestablish my nerd creds. I was at a convention with and. It, it, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy in Boston. Yes. And um, William Shatner was like, what kind of stories do you want to hear? What kind of stories did, do you want to hear? And there's an infamous story about Leonard's bike where Leonard used to get on his bike when they were first filming Star Trek on their lunch breaks. He used to get on his bike. He used to race over the commissary get his lunch, eat his lunch, hop him on his bike back to his trailer, and he got an extra half hour's nap. And this annoyed the crap out of William Shatner. And William Shatner had had thought it would be funny if he hid Leonard Nimoy's bike. And he hid it up in the rafters, like really high up. He got a, a help from a gaff or a graph, whatever you call them, and you know, hung Leonard Nimoy's bike up in the rafters. And Leonard was like, where's my bike? Where's my bike? Somebody stole my bike. Bill, have you seen my bike? And um, Bill put his arm around Leonard Nimoy and he says, 
Spock, look to the stars. And there, and and Leonard Nimoy was like pissed because there's his bike, and 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 um, and, and Leonard, Leonard Nimoy was like Bill and chasing him around, and they were kind of like playful, kind of like brother sibling yeah. rivalry. It's the way that Bill Shatner tells the story is funny, with yeah. all, with all of his pauses and the way that he will race through an entire sentence and then stop at the most dramatic moments and make you know that you are the most important part of you are the most important part of the story because you are listening to me telling <laughs> the story and um and i and and we're at this convention and i just yelled out tell the one about leonard's bike Leonard's bike and he looked yeah. at me and he, he shot me this like this dirty look and I and I was like crushed oh my god my one of my heroes from childhood who helped me with my speech impediment gave me a dirty look and I'm like Bill <laughs> Bill <laughs> So and and so I'm going through um and 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 of course it's a hundred dollars to get an autograph from Bill Shatner and I'm waiting in line two hours and I said yeah I'm 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 really sorry that I suggested that you tell and like Bill Shatner's like young man you don't understand I am so tired of telling that story nothing personal so that was you know and that's my close encounter with Bill Shatner. But it's like I know what it's like to be crushed by somebody that you admire. Yeah. Um and and I'd like to ask Tulsi about that. What is it like being a democrat, being a woman who's being attacked unfairly by the likes of Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton. What what must that be like? I I need a mental sorbet because I'm 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 starting to fall back into the the Bill Shatner um <laughs> The speech patterns. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 yeah. I need something to get back, get back, you know, get out of that. But, um, but a friend of mine from work was going through the list that I was writing during my lunch break, and my friend had had made the suggestion: a, don't use my name on your podcast, and <laughs> and b, these are questions that you should ask everybody. You should. Yeah. You should. Invite everybody. If you're blowing through town, come on over and let me ask you these questions. These are questions not just for Tulsi. Right. I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think if a candidate were to ever say, yeah, I'll do your podcast, we should have questions specifically for them that right. are not generic questions. Right. And not, and, and here's. Because look at it this way, right? They're getting interviewed all the fucking time. Sure. Right? So what they're looking for, what their campaign is looking for in an interview is a way for them to shine. Is this someone who's going to interview my candidate and make them look right. good? Right. That's what their campaign is going yeah. to be doing. Yeah. The candidate is just looking for, do I have to regurgitate the same thing over and over and exactly. over again? Right? So there's the two contrasting interests there, which are similar but slightly different yeah if you have a list of canned questions 
they get an idea of, okay, this is what they're going to ask. But if you also then ask something that's particular to the campaign, like, you know, in this debate, you said thus and such. Right. You know, it seems like you wanted to explore that further, but the way the debates are structured, you didn't have an opportunity. What would you have, what would you have further said on that topic had you the opportunity? Right. You know? Right. And give them the opportunity to just kind of go off a little bit, you know, not necessarily off script, but, you know, talk about something that they're passionate about. Right. You know, um, I think that would be a good way to differentiate us from the thousands of other people who are like, I want to interview a presidential candidate. You know, we could be like those two kids that are in the beginning of the Justice League movie where they're like, um, um, what's it feel like to fly? Right, exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, it. I want to ask pertinent questions. I want to ask questions that are going to give her a chance to highlight right. the differences between her and the other candidate. Yeah. Because I think that is, for any candidate, that's really what they're looking for. We could ask them the questions that they're going to get asked in any other interview and yeah. be just like every other interview. Or we could ask them questions that are going to help their campaign and give them a chance to be them right. to the audience and allow them to really show the kind of person or candidate that they want to be. I'd be more exactly. interested in the person than the candidate, but I understand how campaigns work. Right. So, or at least I have an idea. But I, I, th I think that that's the road to the White House right there, the person. Who yeah. who is this person? Who who really is Tulsi Gabbard? Cut through the other media noise. Cut through the nonsense that yeah. is. Um, and this is one of the things that frustrates me the most is that if you if you're high enough on the food chain, if if you're in the 1% or you're close to the 1% of the ruling class um, here in, in this country, you can say anything. You can say anything and those people's avid followers will believe them without question. Right. Um, um, if Hillary Clinton were to like, sit in front of the camera and look straight in the camera's eye and said, what you don't know is that there was an Apollo 19 and Apollo 20. They landed on the far side of the room. They brought back alien artifacts and were, and were hiding them in a secret facility run by the Smithsonian. Without question, people who never, ever, ever believed in ancient aliens would suddenly believe in ancient aliens because Hillary said it was true. If Hillary said, in fact, the moon is made out of blue cheese, there are Hillary Clinton supporters who would believe her simply because she said the moon is made out of blue cheese. If Hillary Clinton looked right into the camera and said, I did not have Jeffrey Epstein killed, there would be people who would believe her simply for the fact that Hillary Clinton said it. And for me, that's scary. Right. It's, that kind of blind loyalty is scary. Right. I don't want to see that. I, I hope I never see that myself. And it scares me when I see it in other people. Like, 
I don't want to be that kind of celebrity, that internet celebrity, where it's like, right. if um, I say, if I say this thing is true, I don't want people to believe it's true because Eric Fisk said it. I want people to believe it because, hey, Eric said this might be true. Look it up. Don't ever, ever believe everything that I say as the absolute truth because I said it's the absolute truth. And if I ever say that, you get to correct me. Here, here are the links to the things that we've talked about on our podcast. You go and you do your research and right. you check it out. Here's here's the video of Tulsi where you can see me in the background nodding my head politely and reminding myself not to twist my beard uh, to, um, uh, uh, or uh, uh, pick my nose. Okay? You can watch me in this video. And you listen and see what you got out of her talk. I don't ever want to be that person who says, hey, I buy this brand of fedoras and you should too. This soap. I use this soap and you should too. I, mean, I would like to throw the caveat out there that, you know, anyone who is interested in sponsoring the oh, sure. Chronicles radio show, please call us. Sure. We're willing to talk. Sure. Give us but, a call. 603-313-5113. <laughs> that number again is 603-313-5113. Operators are standing by. Actually, is he's a kid by the name of Eric, and uh, he would... Really, really love to just bloviate and gravel about how grateful he is about you advertising on on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but and but here's here's the other thing, and it's not just Tulsi. I was having a conversation about somebody, um, somebody else, uh, about that person's true crime book, and I say I have one rule about my podcast. I want you to be interested, and I want you to be interesting. I want you to be interested in doing the podcast and I want you to be an interesting person that people will talk to. And, and, yeah. and here's, our, here's our demographic. And speaking about our demographic, I'm going to end the show um, by saying um, on our Facebook group, the, uh, the Fedora Chronicles classic, the French vanilla version of the Fedora, the Fedora Chronicles group has crossed the threshold. We now have more than a thousand members in our group. Oh my. Which is really exciting. Um, those are the cream of the crop people. These, the people who are a part of our group are, are members of our extended family. And you guys are the reasons why that we're doing this. If you have a suggestion on who we should interview, by all means, drop us a line and let us know. If you have something that you'd like to share, you can come on. And But don't forget our demographic. I mean, this is a podcast commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs, diesel punks, with shameless plugs for jazz-era style products and, and, and more. Um, and the thing is, I got a message here. Somebody had just sent me a message. Was it you? Yes, it was. Okay, I, I got it. it's 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 blank. Oh, it, it's just you just hit enter. That's it. No, no I didn't. Sent you a link. Um, okay. The U.S. has, in the wake of the um, of the Pensacola shooting, yep, 
the military, you, the Pentagon has suspended military training of Saudi students after Pensacola shooting. That's a huge news story, Jay. That's why I sent it to you. <laughs> Break, breaking news. Now, to to for everyone who who is not aware, on September 11th, when those planes flew into the 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 World Trade Center. The only planes in the air were military planes, and there was one plane that was holding members of the Saudi royal family who were being moved out of the United States. And 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 members of Osama bin Laden's extended family. Don't forget that Correct. part. Correct. So, we have strong ties to Saudi Arabia. As Eric said, as long as our currency is the fiat currency of the world... Saudi Arabia is going to be our nominal allies. Yep. So the fact that we've suspended training of Saudi Arabian military training of Saudi Arabian students is insanely huge news. It's one of the biggest news stories um, uh, for yeah. the day so far. There are some other there there are some other issues that I thought that we would also want to cover really super quickly do you have the do you have the time to cover some of the news stories that happened earlier this week um, yeah i've got or, i got a i got a couple of uh or or we can make this this a special edition and we can do a regular recording tomorrow morning you know what why don't we do that all right because i'm 90 percent sure the whole pentagon not training the <laughs> yeah not training saudi arabia is going to be further developing it's going to be yeah go. yeah um so anyway this is let's just say that this is a fedora chronicle special report um and we will be recording our regular program tomorrow so you'll probably be getting this episode uh you're gonna you know what you're going to be you're going to be in, inundated by episodes from the fedora chronicles network um, because the thing is, is that we, ha I'm also going to be releasing two episodes of, um, uh, true crime one-on-one -on -one, and I have, I was, was going to ask you when, uh, you were going to do that. As a matter of fact, um, I was editing them before I was so rudely interrupted by a presidential candidate Friday. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, as always work got in the way. And of course, Carol had to decorate for Christmas. So decorate christmas. christmas i'm telling you she, i'm going to tell and here's the thing i'm going to just say um uh not only is carol carol my inspiration and she's the reason why i work so hard being as awesome as i as i can be but carol is also the spirit of christmas she truly is she's the um every time of year the day after thanksgiving she just wants me to mule boxes up from the basement with all of our christmas decorations um and she literally wants to deck the halls and she'll even allow me to don my gay apparel but really is that is that the pink rubber gumby suit or is that i mean how, how gay are we talking here i mean um we're we're, we're talking like matching vest and tie set we're, oh yeah oh, very nice very yeah. nice very nice yep absolutely kind of sedate but okay it, it is that's good it's more like my dandy apparel but you know now we okay. don our dandy apparel no nah, it doesn't work but um well, that's true that's yep. true I'm just i was just just 
you know, curious. Yep. As to uh, exactly what sort of yep. shenanigans yep. you get up to when I'm not yep. out there drunk on your porch. Exactly. So. See, that's that's my bit. I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> But the bottom, uh, but the bottom line is, is that we are really excited. We hope that Tulsi is able to come on our show and answer yes. our questions, and then we are going to invite um, all the other candidates to come over and let's chat. And 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 we promise to be on our best behavior. We won't mention. Well, we'll try not to mention anything that might possibly be embarrassing. Because I'm not exactly sure if I understand what would be embarrassing. So that's your problem, Jay. <laughs> you don't know where the line is until you've crossed it. <laughs> I don't know where the line is until I've crossed it, and I'm looking at the horrified looks on other people's faces, and I go, exactly. "Oh shit!" <laughs> what's the What's the most we can do to help these candidates get the word out about themselves, show that they are actual real people? And yet, at the same time, not ruin their chances for being elected. That's right. that's and, the balance. And also, we don't want to talk to just candidates from the main two political parties either. If you're running for president and you want to be on the Fedora Chronicles show, you know, give us a link, shoot us a line. We'll do what we can right. to get your message out there. Yeah, because if you want to believe in the freedom of speech, you got to give everyone the right to speak. We especially want to talk to uh, third-party candidates, without a oh. doubt, um, and and find out what makes them tick and what makes them special, and how come they they're not running as um, um, uh, candidates from the, the DNC or the RNC. That's what we'd really like to know. Right. So, exactly. What what are getting, how do they separate themselves? Exactly. Exactly. And why do they separate themselves? Exactly. That is. So, Jay, we will talk to you again real soon. Thank you for a really awesome special episode. And um, we will talk to you very, very shortly, like I had already said three times already. (laughs) Excellent. Always fun, man. All right. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you'll get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for the Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.